Welcome, everyone. You're listening to the Imperfect Podcast. I'm Kathy. And I'm Kennedy. Join us on this week's episode as we discuss intriguing topics and people of interest that will inspire us to explore all of the unique pieces of ourselves. We are all imperfectly perfect. We're We're glad glad you're here. here. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Imperfect Podcast. Today we have the opportunity to speak to Caitlin Rye, the owner of SDV Vintage Shop in Moncton, New Brunswick. Caitlin, or Kate for short, is someone who we both have known for a number of years. I originally met Kate when I was traveling south many years ago. And as life happens, we lost touch with each other. I did, however, this summer uh, get invited to a wedding, and she did as well, and we were seated together at uh, the same table at the reception, so it gave us a chance to catch up. The following week, I found myself uh, visiting her vintage boutique and found the perfect piece to wear for some pictures that I was going to be doing. Kate is self-described as a late-diagnosed neurodiverse boutique owner and Airbnb host. And did we mention she also loves to travel and has even lived abroad in France for a period of time. We are very excited to see how life with its twists and turns has unfolded for Kate. So let's begin. Hi, Kate. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. Good. So we had your intro. We know a little bit about you. But why don't you continue for us? Uh, tell us your story. Who's Kate and what are your interests? Sure. Um, so I was born in Ajax Pickering, Ontario, um, and I moved to New Brunswick uh, just before I turned nine. So I've been here most of my life. Um, I, you know, I babysat from the time I turned 12. I did a lot of volunteering uh, as a kid. Um, I got my first kind of part-time job at 14, which... Um, was for you. <laughs> so <laughs> my first part-time job was working at a local pizza place. I was there for three years. Um, Kathy signed my first paychecks I ever had. I used to babysit Kennedy as a toddler, which that's how I know you. That's very crazy. old. <laughs> I'm a uh, woman. Yeah. <laughs> um, so all through school, I did really well. Um, I always wanted to be a neonatologist um, when I graduated. Um, I graduated and decided to take a year off. So before I left, I applied to Mount A, Dal, St. FX. I got accepted to all of them. And when I said that I was going to take a year to be a Rotary Exchange student, Mount A was the only one who said, send us a postcard. You don't have to pay again. Uh, So I thought, okay, that's where I'll go. Hmm. Uh, So I spent a year living in Northern France as a Rotary Exchange student. Highly recommend that. It definitely fueled my love of travel. Um, When I came back, I started at Mount Allison. So I started there on my 19th birthday. And I really struggled academically for the first time ever. I had graduated top of my class, couldn't figure out what was going on. Uh, At the end of first year, I wanted to call it quits. I had broken my wrist and I had missed a couple weeks and I couldn't kind of recuperate from or recover from the missed time. And I'd ended up failing organic chemistry, which as a pre-med sciences program, that was kind of an integral part of it. Um, And I knew that it was going to take me at least five or six years to get my 
undergrad done because there was no wait listing and everything was full. So I, you know, went through for another year. And at the end of the second year, I called it and I ended up moving to Moncton and doing an electronic engineering course. Um, I graduated, wasn't feeling the best when I graduated, but decided, you know, still look for a job. It was right in the middle of a recession. So the jobs that were available at the beginning of the year weren't really available locally um, by the time graduation happened. And as I said, I wasn't feeling the greatest. So I decided not to relocate, but to take a temporary job uh, at a contact center um, for a hospitality company. I ended up loving it. Um, but unfortunately, within a couple months, I was very ill. Um, and I ended up having to go on a sick leave, leaving my cool condo and the great life that I was living um, and living in my parents' living room because I couldn't actually go up and down stairs. Um, and that kind of started a multi-year search for kind of what was wrong with me. Um, after a couple of years, I had a doctor that had just said like, why don't you try like high doses of vitamin B? Um, and that actually made me go from in a wheelchair to walking in like 48 hours. Oh, wow. I couldn't figure out what was going on, but I decided, you know, it's time to get on with, with my life and kind of get some stuff off the bucket list. So I had gotten into corporate training for the hospitality company at that point. And while doing some Zoom training for some colleagues overseas, I'd made the joke that, you know, if you need more training, I could just move there. And uh, six, seven weeks later, I ended up moving to London, England. Wow. <laughs> and I spent two years working there um, at the Savoy Hotel and got to deal with lots of celebrities. We were one of the host hotels for Will and Kate's wedding guests. I was there for the Olympics. So a really prime time to be in London. Mm -hmm. um, and I would have stayed there forever. Um, the hotel that I was working for was going to sponsor me. Um, but unfortunately, they sent in the wrong resume when applying for the visa. And that actually resulted in me finishing out my visa and having to come back. So I surprised my parents uh, on Christmas Eve by walking back into their house. They were not expecting me. <laughs> um, so probably the best surprise I'll ever be able to pull off. Um, but I ended up working back for the hospitality company for a bit. And then when I decided that I was going to stick around in New Brunswick, uh, I ended up working for a modular home builder. So I ended up designing mini homes, working at a sales center, um, really loved that. Unfortunately, the pay wasn't really keeping up with inflation. Um, when my sister had announced that she was expecting, I decided I wasn't leaving uh, New Brunswick again. I looked in the newspaper and picked the first bank repo I found, um, which ended up being in the village where I had lived, where I had said I would never uh, end up going back to. <laughs> I think we all um, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's something magnetic about that village that just pulled me right back. Um, so I renovated this house and I decided um, that I was going to stick around for a while. Uh, I ended up getting approached by a bank to work back in corporate training. So I left the home builder. Uh, I worked for the bank. I was there just shy of a year when there was a uh, strategic restructuring. Um, and one minute I was teaching a new hire class and the next minute I was in the parking lot 
It mm. was a very quick, um, you're no longer employed here, walked out of the building. Um, and I had no idea what to do. Um, so I ended up working wow. in software sales for a local company, um, which was great. Um, it was a great kind of family atmosphere that we had. We had, you know, lunches together every other week. We had a great working relationship. Um, and then the pandemic happened. Um, we all ended up working from home and it was HR software. So when everyone started putting in new HR policies, things got really busy. People were not happy that we were dealing with. Um, and it just got really stressful. We were understaffed. And during the time we went through a um, purchase. So instead of being a local company, we were now owned by a larger corporation. And those kind of family touches disappeared. And at the same time, I started feeling unwell again. So I ended up on another sick leave. This time it was different. Um, it wasn't so much muscular problems and physical problems as it was brain fog and just the inability to kind of um, be myself. Mm. So um, during that period, I had decided that when I did go back to work, it would be for myself. So I had signed the papers to start to incorporate a business for myself. And I still didn't really know what I was going to do with that. And during that time, a friend of mine had asked me to come into this local store to pick something up for her. And I walked in and thought, what a cool place. Like, how have I never been here before? And by the time I left, I had ended up telling the, the former owner's mother who had been kind of running the store um, as the former owner had passed away. And I told her like, if you ever need help, like folding clothes or I don't know anything, just let me know I'm not working. And I left and thought, she probably thinks I'm insane because <laughs> I've never met her before. Um, and so I had been talking to my sister and, you know, I was trying to think of something else to do. And she said, you know, you should buy that store. I was like, oh, I don't know. I've never worked retail. It's not anything that, you know, I'd ever thought of. And then my friend who was my best friend from university had reached out. Um, she was the one who would ask me to come into the store. She said, I'm going to say something and then we're going to drop it. I think you should buy that store. And I said, funny you mentioned that because my sister and I were talking about it. Mm -hmm. um, so I had reached out to the former owner's mom and said, like, I don't know what the plans are, but if the situation arises that the alternative is the store is going to close, let me know. Um, and she ended up reaching out and saying, you know, if, if you're serious, let's chat. I came into the shop the next day. And by the time I'd left, she had put an Instagram post saying we found a new owner. The store is wow. not going to close. Wow. So it's been about 18 months of owning this vintage shop. I was never into vintage before, but I am into people. So throughout my years, whether it be, you know, working at a local pizza place right. or working at a hotel, really it was the interactions with other people that really kind of fueled um, my fire for working. So it's definitely been a learning curve um, working for myself um, and also kind of dealing with some health issues in the meantime, but being able to be my own boss um, has been great because if there's a day where I just can't, um, I don't have to, which right. generally is enough for me to be able to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Knowing that now, if I do have a sleepless night, 
Um, I don't have to, to go to work, mm. but generally the people that come in here um, are really positive. It's very uplifting. Uh, it's great to deal with friendly people again. Um, and yeah, it's been quite the, uh, the adventure. So during that time, I had sold my house in Salisbury. I had bought a duplex with my sister, um, which during the pandemic um, kind of wasn't the greatest landlording experience uh, because when people were told they didn't have to, or they couldn't be evicted for any reason, um, one of my tenants had thought like, well, why would I pay rent? Mm -hmm. So when my real estate agent had reached out and said, hey, would you guys be interested in selling? At that point, I thought, this is it. Um, we get rid of that. And I ended up purchasing a cottage um, for Airbnb because even though I had left hospitality, that had been what the only schooling I did, because I actually ended up doing hotel and restaurant management. <laughs> so the only schooling, post-secondary schooling that I had done that I had really enjoyed was the hospitality thing. So uh, it's only been a couple months um, that I've had the Airbnb up and running. But if you had told me a couple of years ago that I would be running an Airbnb, owning a local store, um, I would have said, you're crazy. <laughs> um, but it's just really cool how everything is kind of fed into this. So I find that the store is really a great combination of everything else that I've done, whether it be the designing of the mini homes, I got to design the space that the store is in, the wow. hotel and restaurant management, you know, all customer service has a, an aspect of hospitality to it. So it's been a really great fit. It's a really cool story and it's neat that you've recognized that even though it wasn't initially what you thought was going to end up being, you're, what you're good at is still being applied and what you're yeah. like doing in your life right now because I see that in myself. It's oftentimes we think we're going to end up somewhere and like mm -hmm. I thought I was going to be a teacher. But there's lots of aspects of being a teacher that um, is part of my personality that I've applied in different areas of my life. And I know, mom, it's the exact same. Like, it's so weird. A lot of people, it's like, I'm going to end up here because I'm really good at this, this, this. But it always ends up being not at all what we expect, but we're using yeah. the skills that we have. So yeah, totally. I was going to say that I noticed that with your hospitality and working in certain jobs that you were mentioning and the travel that it was a lot of people. And so it's cool that you have the shop and that you're doing the Airbnb thing. Like that's just a tack on thing too, that just like multiplies what you're good at. Right. I think it's really neat. Cause yeah, as Kennedy was describing, like your generation is younger. Now are you, you're older than Kennedy. So you're between Kennedy and I, so you've gotten it and Kennedy can see the parts coming together in her life. For me, I was, you know, late 40s and because of life circumstance I just never had the opportunity to get to that point and it's completely overwhelming and I'm sure you guys can relate it's like I've got all this stuff and I think I like to do that but I wasn't any good at it and whatever and it ends up looking almost like a police board you know where they they put the pictures of the suspects the yarn is going from here to here and then they take a string yeah. and they wind it here and then it's over there and you know it, eventually they get to to the final point of yeah I, I just 
my mind works weird so sorry about that well, it, it was, was mine <laughs> no I and used to it... joke that my resume looked like someone who had ADHD <laughs> but then it turns out that's exactly what it was but I think <laughs> like a lot of people talk about the superpowers of ADHD which I don't really find it a superpower right now however <laughs> I find that the doing so many different things and being able to absorb information from everything that I've done that I think is the superpower yeah superpower for you guys is that you've figured it out at this point in your life you haven't wasted half your life going what what's my point here like then the part that you can pick out like ah that's why I and I got that skill there I think that's super cool that your generation and Kennedy's generation, whether it's the same generation or different generations, yeah. figuring it could out. be borderline. I don't know. I'm an elder millennial, so I think it's the same. No, <laughs> and, and see, I'm, I'm, I think I'm like on a one year line of like millennial to Gen X, is it or something or Gen Z or whatever? But yeah, and it's it's almost like you have to have a moment like I had a similar moment as you like I went to university again thinking I was going to be a teacher and I was really good in school and I got there and I was like oh this is gonna be a breeze um and I failed everything so you have that moment and it's like what am I supposed to do with the rest of my life and mom and I have discussed this on the show before that you go to school and like the only option is post-secondary but a lot of people tend to end up somewhere that it's either A, what they didn't go to school for, like post-secondary, or B, it's something that they totally didn't expect. So really, really cool. So why don't you tell us a bit about your shop? So it's a vintage shop, but like, what do you sell? Yeah. And So it's a vintage shop. Um, I have primarily clothes um, and they're all kind of arranged gender neutral. So it's just pants together, shorts together, nothing is divided into male, female. Hmm. Um, I also have accessories, shoes, jewelry. Um, I also have items by local makers. So I do have some local made jewelry and some other um, vendors that have their stuff in the shop as well. Um, So I really like being able to provide a spot for people because I know that the rent um is not accessible to a lot of people so I love making kind of spaces for other people I do also have um, thrift collections by a couple other people that are in the store as well which is nice because you get a curated collection from someone who has a different sense of style yeah so it just makes the whole experience unique and it's never the same so that's cool yeah yeah. And the Airbnb, what's that like? Like, what's the setup? Where's that at? Yeah. So the Airbnb is in Rishabakto Village. So it's on 15 acres. So it's a beautiful remote location uh, on a creek that goes out to the Rishabakto River. Um, nice. So it's a really unique location because if you were to take a boat down the creek, you can either go out to the North Humberland Strait out to the ocean, or you can turn the other way and go down the Rishabakto River. So it's a really unique location. Um, the Airbnb itself is a really quiet little cottage. Uh, I got some kayaks this year. So it's a really nice place to just unwind. There's no Wi-Fi. There's no television. I love that. There's a screen porch that is a huge bookshelf full of books. There's a guitar. There's a ukulele. Love that. (laughs) All of my 
hyperfixation hobbies have gone to live uh, at this Airbnb. Um, so it's just a nice place to kind of just enjoy nature. There's a screen porch that I can spend hours in just listening to uh, to the sounds. I actually had made a recording and I had sent it to a friend and I said, I used to pay money to listen to sounds like this to go to sleep when I lived in London. And now this is just the sounds that I can just enjoy uh, whenever I need a little escape. Amazing. I love that you don't have Wi-Fi there. Yeah. It forces people to actually have a conversation or enjoy <laughs> the things that are around them. So that's cool. So you mentioned about hobbies that you hyperfixated it. <laughs> yes. So ukulele, that was one. Uh, so that's <laughs> in the past fixated with an eating. Yes. So yeah. okay, what what do you do besides that? Like, mm. what's your interest besides the shop? Besides the the yeah, so the the traveling has kind of taken a backseat in the last couple of years for obvious obvious reasons. Um, flight delays kind of sucks the fun out of yeah. <laughs> traveling yeah um, and that seems to be the only option when you're leaving from Moncton uh, I do a lot of reading um, listen to audiobooks as well um, I love to cook I've been kind of getting more into growing my own food so we have a, a large garden um, and I love really just trying like trying to improve my skills so right now my thing is you know QuickBooks learning how to use QuickBooks a little <laughs> bit easier um which I'm sure Kennedy you could probably teach me a thing or two about accounting but well, um just kind of maybe not QuickBooks but <laughs> yeah but that's cool um you know I don't I don't so much work with QuickBooks uh no. so maybe you'd be able to teach me something because that's the thing like people <laughs> think yet. that when you do accounting that uh you know how to do all of the things but that is not the case yeah <laughs> um we want to know what is your biggest regret or failure if you have one yeah well definitely if you had asked me this question a few years ago um, I said, would have said university was my biggest regret and my biggest failure. Um, I now realize that without university, I never would have met my friend Vicky, mm -hmm. um, who was a huge source of support over the last couple of years and who was the person who actually asked me to come into the shop uh, for the first time. So she is basically the only good thing that I came out of university. Isn't, isn't that um, neat to think of though, really? You went to is. university, you met this rando person who yeah. was going to take you on a different path in life. Yeah. And yeah. if you hadn't have gone, you know. No, exactly. I wouldn't have met her. Um, and I really like the failure part. It's taken a long time to, to realize that that wasn't really so much my fault. Um, looking back now that I do know that I have ADHD, um, that really answered the question of what the heck happened? Because I spent a lot of years um, beating myself up about why I, because like when I left, um, I was very close to being asked to leave. Uh, <laughs> so wow. whether I had left myself, um, I would have been asked to, to leave because my marks were nowhere near 
the marks that I had had in school. So as I said, I graduated top of my class and to be struggling academically. And it's not that I didn't ask for help. I had gone to the mental health clinic at the university saying like, I'm struggling with insomnia. I can't absorb any of the information I'm reading. And they had actually said, oh, you should come sit in front of this lamp. You have seasonal affective disorder. So for almost 20 years, I thought that it was a seasonal <laughs> problem that I had. And it's, um, it's difficult too, because if you and Kennedy are in the same boat, I never really excelled in, in academics. So <laughs> me, me, it was still felt like a failure. Like, you know, what's everybody going to think? What's everybody going to say? You know, like mm -hmm. here I am at university. Did I waste all this time and money? But I wasn't in the same boat as you and Kennedy where a lot of your identity was based on being the highest academically like that's how you were known and so now you went and bombed it like where who am I anymore right yeah, yeah it, it's sure. like you, it, you lose your identity like I relate so much to you and yeah. everything you're saying I even went to the guidance counselor or whatever at my university and did the same thing. And I can't even remember what answer they gave me, but it was, you know, nothing useful for sure. Yeah. And it was just like, well, then I just, I'm not a university person, I guess. But it was such a blow because you think that you're supposed to thrive in that if you have all the way through like middle and high school. And then you get out and it's like, okay, now you're just an individual and, you, and you're not what you've been known for for 12 13 years yeah. so and for me university was just it, it wasn't even a question it was university was the only option yeah um, and I think that really opened my eyes to community college and how much of a better transition it is especially to figure things out like you know in university if you don't show up they've got your money. Don't yep. show up. That's fine. <laughs> Whereas in college, the Monday to Friday, you know, eight to five time schedule with smaller classes, I find it was definitely a better transition. I found a better, more actual teaching time because that was what I found was my problem in middle school and high school. Everything you need to know, if you pay attention or if you're even just there to yeah. absorb it, it's there. So I didn't, you know, I didn't have to do homework. I didn't have to read outside of class. I just, I went, it entered my brain, it stuck there. Whereas university, it's okay, read these three chapters for tomorrow. And I would read them. I was a very strong reader, but it just would not, it would not sink in. So I would read the same thing over and over and over again. Yeah. And just like it had never, like I'd never read it. Same. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so strange how that happens, how that transition period, and I totally run as, resonate with you on so many levels, everything you're saying. I'm like, yep, same community college was where I thrived. And it's just, yeah, yeah, it's just strange how we're fed this. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> Super weird. Um, how do you live life differently? I mean, other than, I mean, not everybody has an Airbnb, not everybody has a shop, but uh, what do you do that inspires you? Um, is it the cooking? Is it something else? Do you wish you could be traveling again? I would love to be traveling again. Um, and definitely 
it's in the it's in the future plans kind of once everything is up and running a bit more with the Airbnb and the shop that I hope to be able to do more traveling. Um, I love doing like volunteer work has always been something that inspired me from a young age. I would volunteer at seniors complexes or with the Red Cross, uh, most recently with the food bank in that village I can't seem to get away from. <laughs> and um, I really enjoy that. Uh, I find that the small business community is very inspiring in Moncton. It's very positive. Um, you know, there's other thrift shops in the area and we don't hesitate to send someone back and forth between. So, if, you know, if I have people that are shopping, like I'll ask them like, so where else are you going today? And they're like, oh, I don't know. And I'll send them to the good eye or I'll send them to the hospice shop. And it's not this kind of competitive right. feeling that you would get in, say, a bank or software or something yeah. where you are competing for customers. Everyone can be successful within this space. Um, and it's just a great community. What a great attitude. And yeah. Like I'm so happy for you that it isn't always a competition because in so many industries it is, right? Yeah. In most it is. Everybody yeah. is in yeah. competition individually as well, it seems. So yeah. it's it's refreshing. It must be to have a space where you just, like you said, someone comes in and they're like, oh, where else is a good spot? And you can recommend. Yeah, and customers kind of seem shocked sometimes when I'm like, oh, you should go to the good eye. And they're like, mm -hmm. ah. like even when I was buying the markers for the artist to do these lockers, I ran into the owner of the good eye at Staples and I was with one of my kids. And so I went over and we chatted and I was showing pictures of what I was doing down here. And when we left, he was like, who was that? And I said, Oh, it's the owner of the other thrift shop. And he was like, oh, like your competitor. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Why would you? And I was like, no, it's, it's not at all like that. <laughs> Everyone can be successful and we can be more successful working together than being competitive. Okay. Yeah, and that's the simple end of it, right? If only if it, it were that easy. A lot of people yeah. are just like, oh, yeah, we can totally work together. And then it's like, no. Yes. <laughs> yeah. What is the most important thing you've learned in life, Kate? Um, well, kind of like what we have touched on that nothing's going to go to plan. Hmm. Uh, just get rid of the plan. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, because there is nothing that has worked out based on what I thought it should be or how I thought things should go. Um, and it's something that I'm, I definitely struggle with. And that's still kind of a learning curve for me uh, because I did spend years wondering like, what am I doing? Like, this is not, this is not what I'd planned for my entire life. Like I literally had newspaper clippings of neonatologist jobs that I had in my little um, scrapbook of, you know, what my ideal job was and what I wanted to do. And so when that kind of first step didn't pan out, um, I had a really hard time with that. So definitely it's something that I, I work on every day is that, you know, it's not going to go to plan. And that is, that's fine. Well, and you're going to end up wherever you need to be. It's yeah. to go back to what you were saying about your friend you met at university. It's such a mind blowing moment. Like mom was just reiterating. It's if you hadn't met her, would you have walked into this shop and yeah. 
be talked into buying the shop and like so many things we don't know how they connect together but it's uh obviously we're where we're supposed to be and we're going to end up where we need to be even if it doesn't make any sense or it seems like a detrimental moment in our life um (laughs) yeah for sure yeah and uh just one more question for you what makes you imperfect well I don't really think there's anything about me that makes me perfect. (laughs) Um, I think my biggest imperfections right now that are causing me the most grief are really on a cellular level. Um, So I do have um, a a rare genetic condition, which is what that had kind of started in college, which affects Mm -hmm. my muscles. Um, And then the most recent one is that I did find out that I also have a connective tissue disorder. So it's something that affects me 24 seven. Um, and it really has affected pretty much all body systems. Um, so I've spent the last 15 years seeing dozens of doctors and I'm sure there's studies written, <laughs> written about me. Um, so it's, it definitely is imperfect and something I would not, you know, it definitely wasn't in the plan uh, and it definitely has affected kind of how I do run my life. So with the shop and the Airbnb, a lot of that was so that I didn't have to do the typical nine to five. Yeah. Um, I don't sleep very well. So being able to, you know, open a shop at noon really works much better for me than getting up and going at 8am because my muscles are just not ready to rock and roll at that time so I think that would probably be the most imperfect part of myself that I really struggle with but um, it is what it is so I'm trying to make the best of it and um, I'll probably be you know in more contact with you Kathy to see what type of more natural approaches we can look at because I've been very very interested in kind of different approaches um, because obviously the medical system is an interesting place to uh, be navigating at this time. I've had to, I've seen it, you know, pre-pandemic, I've seen it kind of um, get worse. Um, I don't know if it makes me lucky that I do have these other genetic things, which kind of makes me interesting so I, I do recognize that I'm very fortunate that I have gotten a diagnosis um, because I know there's people that search their whole life to try and figure out just, you know, what, what is going on. Right. Um, so I do recognize it, but it doesn't, uh, it doesn't make it any, any easier to, to swallow. <laughs> I may be a little bit biased, but she's pretty good at what she does. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> thought this wasn't about me all right 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 um maybe also well first of all thank you for sharing that with us as well and it's nice that you have a diagnosis and that you're able to start to work towards I was thinking of the saying the saying in my head kept going through you're making your life work for you not you working for your life exactly and a lot of people have to adjust like that. So it's really great that you've been able to navigate that. Um, 
Do you maybe want to quickly share where your shop is in case someone is interested in going and checking it out or any social media, your Airbnb, or sure. anything like that before we let you go? Yeah. So for the shop, I'm located at 187 Botsford, right at the corner of Botsford and Mountain Road in Moncton. Um, so technically, I guess it would be 74 Mountain if you want to make it right into the driveway. <laughs> uh, on social media, I am at SDV Vintage Shop. And you can find me on S on Instagram as well as Facebook. Um, and then for the Airbnb, it is called the Gaspro Creek Getaway, um, which Bye. is also on Instagram. Um, and it can be found on Airbnb. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today. It was kind of cool to reconnect to all these years. Yes. I haven't seen you in years, which is strange. I know. Um, it makes me feel very old. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, we really appreciate it and for you being so vulnerable and willing to share your story with us today. And uh, yeah, it was fun. It was fun to well, chat. Thank you so much for the invitation. Um, I won't lie. I definitely panicked uh, about this, uh, overthought it way too much uh, to the point where I even forgot to finish pressing send on uh, wow. on my reply no to say worries. I would do it. We made it. Thanks, Kate. We'll talk well, to you thanks. later. Have a great night. You too. Bye. Bye. If you or someone you know has a unique story to tell, we'd love to hear from you. Email us at theimperfectpodcast at outlook.com. For more information and how to connect with us on social media, you can visit us at our website, theimperfectpodcast.ca. And from whichever platform you are listening to this episode, be sure to like, share, and leave us a review. We would really appreciate your feedback. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. We look forward to hearing your feedback and seeing you all find that extra joy and embrace your own imperfect. See you next week. week.